The Royals cleared up some 40-man roster space to take a big-time strikeout pitcher in the Rule 5 draft. What did we think about it? I'll tell you next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. We're also live on TikTok and we're live on Instagram with the same handles of at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Very easy to find us if you're looking for downloading the podcast. You can do that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and you can find us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Today's show is brought to you by Jace Medical, and it's no better time than to make sure you are taken care of. And our good friends at Jace Medical will make sure that you are taken care of. And we'll talk about them coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes or so. If this is your first episode tuning into Locked On Royals, of course, welcome in. We always welcome in new listeners, and I'm just a Royals fan like yourself, and I work here in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. Got a show once a week over there, and Monday through Friday, I've got a show on ESPN Kansas City. So I stay pretty busy with all things related to sports, but when you come to this podcast, you know that you are getting 30 straight minutes of Royals baseball. And always a quick reminder for a programming note, this is our final week I'm doing five episodes a week, starting on Monday of next week, following the winter meetings here. And we're going to drop down to three episodes a week. It'll fully be in the offseason at that point. And that'll be the schedule we usually do. That from the time we get to spring training all the way through the season and into December. So about, you know, pretty much the entire year going February-ish to December, we go five episodes a, a week. And then usually in December and January, we take some time off, only three episodes a week. But that won't be till next Monday. For the next three days, we're still going to have you covered with all these things regarding the, win- regarding the winter meetings. And today is going to be a much better podcast, a much more lighthearted, a positive podcast. Yesterday, if you tuned in, it was a very viewed podcast, a very downloaded podcast, and not really shocked by that, not trying to toot my own horn or be cocky about it. But we all knew after the fiasco of the MLB draft lottery that a rant was coming. In fact, I teased a rant would be coming if the Royals picked outside the top three. And not only did they pick outside the top three, they didn't pick outside the top five. They got the sixth overall pick in the MLB draft lottery. So I'm sitting here on a on a Tuesday night just not feeling good about the direction of this offseason. The Royals had been relatively quiet. Uh, they still had a full 40-man roster, so I wasn't sold that they were going to make any moves in the Rule 5 draft. Everything about it just felt, you know, negative to me. felt like a dark cloud was hanging over the organization, which if you've been watching this team over the last five to six years, it's like a giant, massive dark cloud that always has thunderstorms, lightning storms, and hail and rain. And what's new, right? You get unlucky in the draft lottery, and two teams in your own division are going to be picking ahead of you in the 2024 Major League Baseball draft. But there was some more positive momentum, I will say. Once the sun rose again, it was a brand new day. 
It was a fresh day in Nashville. The winter meetings were continuing. The Rule 5 draft was going to happen. You just felt like the Royals were in for better news. Uh, You just felt like something had to go your way, right? If you endure what happened on Tuesday night, then you're going to be rewarded just a little bit on Wednesday. And I think the Royals, for the most part, had a productive day. And I am, for one, excited about what these next two days have in store. I am very, very entertained to see how this goes down all the way up until Friday. Because if you haven't been following along, and I do urge you to go follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15, feel like I've been pretty on top of it and covering everything about the Royals at the uh, winter meetings with the Rule 5 draft, with the draft lottery. But there's been a lot of smoke around the Royals, and I think more than I originally thought. Uh, We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show, but the Royals made some moves uh, this morning. They ended up trading Dylan Coleman following his dismal season in 2023 to the Houston Astros for a lottery ticket kid, and it was really just to clear up a 40-man roster spot. Now, anytime you get a lottery ticket kid, I don't care if it's Dylan Coleman. I don't care if it's Edward Olivares. I don't care if it's Michael Massey. Lottery ticket kids for guys that aren't really good contributors at the big league level, they're worth it. It's better than a cash grab, and I think getting cash in general for Dylan Coleman would have been just fine. But, you know, I I think I was waiting and waiting and waiting to see what type of move the Royals would make because the Rule 5 draft was about an hour away. And I, I know I could be lying about this, but I'm being brutally honest. I was sending a tweet of looks like the Royals aren't going to make any 40-man roster moves, and they had plenty of candidates that they could have DFA'd, traded, moved on from, and you're not going to have to worry about them catching on or succeeding elsewhere. Well, the Royals felt like Dylan Coleman was somebody they could get some value for. They got a lottery ticket guy, didn't take up a 40-man roster spot, and then you had them uh, go and take somebody in the Rule 5 draft. And they went after Matt Sauer, who came from the New York Yankees organization, a big-time strikeout pitcher that spent the majority of last year in double-A. And now with the way the Rule 5 works, he is going to immediately join the Royals' 26-man roster. So that's basically a free agent acquisition. And they also made a move way, way earlier in the morning for Dan Altavia, a guy that hasn't pitched in the bigs since 2021, but he was electric for Seattle and San Diego for the better part of 2018, 19, 20, and 21, but then missed the last two years with injuries, What was pitching uh, overseas, was pitching in the Dominican Winter League, and his velo is back up to about 98, 99 miles per hour per John Heyman. Royals gave him a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. Never going to scoff at a minor league invite, especially when guys have upper 90 stuff. But that was the first move, and they trade Dylan Coleman, get a lottery ticket kid, then they use one of their picks in the Rule 5 draft to acquire Matt Sauer. Now, they also were somewhat active in the minor league portion of of the Rule 5 draft, picked up about four or five guys, a former Wichita State shocker, a former second rounder from the 2018 draft. But these are all guys that are just going to provide you depth, I think, at the minor league level. But Matt Sauer, that's a different story here. And I think that's a guy that you're going to be wanting to hear about in today's podcast episode. As I said, big strikeout numbers. He doesn't run it up upper 90s, uh, but he's got pretty good command a wipeout type of slider, sweeper, curveball pitch that he uses. And he struck out over 90 guys in less than 80 innings this year, less than 75 innings, in fact. And he's even somebody that notched a record back in 2019. He struck out 17 guys over eight shutout innings with no walks. 
So he can really get the swing and miss. And I think the Royals looked at him and said, here's somebody that can easily translate to our bullpen. We're not asking for a high A guy or a low A guy with big time stuff to make that jump because that would be rather difficult. You have somebody here like Matt Sauer, who's going to be blocked in New York. He's still relatively young, going to turn 25 here pretty soon, leave before the end of the month. And you got a 25-year-old piece for your bullpen. It does not mean that he is a lock for this roster. He's still got to go pitch well in spring training. But with the Rule 5 draft, when you commit to somebody like that, they do have the upper hand because you don't want to send them back to the organization. Now, when you look at her, you just break it down from a very easy standpoint here. The Royals basically traded Dylan Coleman for a lottery ticket and Matt Sauer. And Matt Sauer, I think, was going to take uh, that spot of Dylan Coleman anyway. Now, there were people saying, well, watch Dylan Coleman go and become a star for Houston. Here's where I'm at whenever a contender like a Houston or an Atlanta gets a Royals bullpen pitcher. It's possible they succeed. But you're telling me right now that Houston Astros, a multiple-time World Series champion, an American League champion, is saving a bullpen spot for Dylan Coleman? I would be pretty shocked if they were. Now, he was working out at Tread Athletics. Maybe he improves by spring training. But again, I'm not sold on it. If it's Tampa, that's a different story. That's the same thing with Coar and Dylan Coleman. You go to Tampa, I'd be alarmed by it because, one, they always turn struggling pitchers into studs, but they also don't spend any money. They do not believe in spending a lot of money in free agency. They are a very low payroll team. Atlanta and Houston, they want to go spend. So that's why I wasn't worried when Jackson Coar went to Atlanta and now Seattle or Dylan Coleman going to Houston. They got hundreds of Dylan Colemans over there. And they're not going to save a spot for a guy that had an ERA in the double digits last year for Kansas City and lost a lot of his velo and couldn't throw strikes. But Matt Sauer is going to be joining this bullpen in Kansas City. I think it was a great pick. That's a prospect guy that everybody was pretty high on. Big strikeout guy. He's not a big strikeout, low command type of guy. I think it's a really good fit for this bullpen. And now you can see it coming into shape a little bit. I think there's about three spots left for free agent acquisitions. The Royals haven't spent any money in that regard. About $30 million was what J.J. Piccolo was you know, putting as the bare minimum they're going to add to the payroll. But he also could go over that for the right players. And we've got some fun segments to get into coming up in today's show and tomorrow's show. Because what we found out over the course of 24 hours, the Royals are in on Lucas Giolito. The Royals are in on Eduardo Rodriguez. And now they're apparently in on Tyler O'Neill, the outfielder of the St. Louis Cardinals. So even though that's the, oh, they're in, they're disinterested, what we do know about Eduardo Rodriguez, he's down to two teams and will announce a decision tomorrow. And it was reported on LB Network the Royals were in. So are they one of those two teams? We'll be dissecting that later on in tomorrow's show, depending on where he goes up. But the Royals are shooting pretty high. And the fact they haven't spent any money, that bullpen's coming into shape, and they keep hammering the point of pitching, pitching, pitching. Maybe one of those high-end free agent pitchers could be on their way to Kansas City. All just speculation, but at least they've gone the cheap route, and I think improved their bullpen a little bit, bringing in Nick Anderson and now Matt Sauer from the New York Yankees in the Rule 5 draft. All right, we're going to take our first break of the show. When we come back, let's go into that interest of Tyler O'Neill, who at one time had a war above five in the 2021 season, but back-to-back down years, does it make any sense for the Royals to go after him? I'll tell you next on Locked on Royals. You are tuned into Locked on Royals on the Locked on Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. 
Also, check us out on Instagram and on TikTok. We're now live and posting uh, multiple videos and pictures a day. You can go follow us at locked underscore on underscore Royals. Before we dive into some more winter meeting talk involving the Kansas City Royals, let's give a shout out to the title sponsor today in Jace Medical. I know that we come to sports to escape for some of the crazy realities of real life, but we can just talk for a minute about preparing for tough situations. Whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis or Viagra. Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off on your order at Jace Medical. Well, we've been hearing over and over and over again from J.J. Piccolo, pitching is the high priority. And what I've been so intrigued by, especially this week, because we all knew this was going to be a busy week in Major League Baseball. I mean, uh, the news coming out earlier today that uh, the New York Yankees are going to be acquiring Juan Soto. I'm waiting until everything's finalized there to go and you know break any news. I haven't been breaking any news, but uh, wait and see if that's officially finalized. And that's the way things work at the winter meeting. There's trades that are said, free agent signings, oh, they're close to a deal. I mean, we get that all the time. But what I've been so intrigued by with the Royals is that they've been linked to far more players than I can remember in years past. And what I want to be very clear and adamant about is that this is a team that is not going to be praised for swings and misses, you know, for a lack of a better term. And that's more of a pun than anything with baseball, but I'm not going to sit here on a podcast and say, well, I really admire the Royals being interested in this guy, but they didn't get him. Because anybody, theoretically, can have interest in a player. Like, if they wanted to, the Royals could have a phone call with Shohei Otani's agent. They could say, we're interested. But does it really make sense? I wouldn't say so. But the guys they've been linked to are affordable for Kansas City. They're just not moves that they've made in the past. And now I am very much intrigued, uh, to use that word for the fourth or fifth time in this segment, because of who they're being linked to, how many times they're being linked to, and the fact that they've openly, I mean, publicly said the minimum they're going to add to the payroll. I have not seen any other team, any other GM say, yeah, we're going to add roughly $50 million in payroll. Now, the Royals at $30 million, that still to me is not enough. I think you want to get to the 40-45 range to really start to open some eyes. But I also believe the Royals were upset and triggered a little bit by getting the sixth overall pick in the lottery. I think that has changed some things for this offseason. I had some missteps, but it was pointed out to me that since the Royals didn't pick top five in back-to-back drafts, they would theoretically be eligible next year. I'm still not handling this offseason like you want to be back in the top five. And I think the Royals understand that a little bit too, that you could have a season like Cleveland and pick number one. The odds 
technically aren't in your favor, but it's possible. Losing 106 doesn't give you the upper hand in any way, shape, or form. To me, though, what we've seen is some really big-time contributors that would help to this team. The Royals have been linked to Eduardo Rodriguez, who was a stud and ace for the Tigers last year. They've been linked to Lucas Giolito among the, the Diamondbacks and the Mets and the Dodgers, like the big hitters in free agency. And they're interested in Tyler O'Neill, a guy that I think personally feels a lot like the Andrew Benintendi trade last year, or last year, excuse me, two years ago or three years ago, whenever it was, the offseason going into 21. That Andrew Benintendi was a guy that, remember, had a, a four or five war season and then had the COVID year and was hurt. And the Royals said, we think he's going to bounce back. We're going to go after Andrew Benintendi. And they brought in Andrew Benintendi. He was an all-star for them. He was a gold glove winner. It was, by all accounts, a pretty good move. And Tyler O'Neill feels like a lot of the same. It feels like there's a lot of similarities there. A guy that is excellent defensively, a guy that has pure raw power, at one point in time had an OBP over 350 over the course of an entire season, like a legitimate piece to the outfield. But the last two years, he hasn't been very good. And he's played about a full year over the last two years, a little bit over a, a full season of 162. But the reality is the Royals have an outfield problem. They're not as great defensively on the corners. And if you bring in Tyler O'Neill, it would have to be through trade. He's going to be a free agent at the end of next year. Like this just reeks like the Andrew Benintendi situation. You bring him in for a year or two. He's an impending free agent. So that makes the price dip a little bit. Like the Cardinals, they've been more aggressive adding pitching. And does he really fit out there because of Lars Newt Bar? No, I think it's a fair question. Does Tyler O'Neill need to be on the Cardinals anymore? And I think there would be a fit in Kansas City. And the fact that he's rumored to be interested, like you can only be linked to so many, so many players or so many teams and there not be a move. Like the Royals are really having their name thrown out there with a lot of guys. And the Royals have said they've been engaged in talks. They've been actively looking for elite relievers in the market. I mean, go back a couple of weeks ago. They were interested in Mark Canna before he went to Detroit. That's four players already that the Royals were trying to go after. And to me, it just feels like eventually one of these dominoes is going to fall. And boy, do I hope that Eduardo Rodriguez is one of the team or one of the, the guys that would be coming to Kansas City. I'm hoping the Royals are one of those two teams that he's choosing between. I'm not going to make any predictions, but the fact they're even mentioned on MLB Network that they're in and they're in on Giolito, like you tell me across the American League Central, you haven't heard anything about the Twins. You haven't heard anything inside with the Tigers except for signing Kenta Maeda. The White Sox were linked to Whit Merrifield. I think it was reported today by John Heyman. But overall, this is a Royals team that's throwing their name in the hat. I mean, they are going into the ring and they are trying to compete. I'm still not giving praise for the almost maybes, but it's it's got my attention because you can only be linked to so many players before one of them actually works out. Like if you're linked to six guys, one of them is going to pick you. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you disagree with me. Let me know in the YouTube comments below or let me know on Twitter at Johnny J underscore 15. But the three guys that have had some smoke around Kansas City, Tyler O'Neill, and then Eduardo Rodriguez, and Lucas Giolito. I'm just saying, some of these make sense. The Royals can afford Giolito. They'd have to overpay a little bit, but they can afford him. 
Same thing goes for Rodriguez. And for Tyler O'Neill, it helps that he's a free agent next year with the outfield free agent market. You need a corner outfield bat. He brings really good defense. He's got raw power. He's a bounce back candidate. I'm just saying, I think it makes a good amount of sense. All right, before we move on to our final segment, want to give a shout out to something we are very excited about on the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. When we come back, so they were linked to Lucas Giolito. But they are in the ring with a lot of heavy hitters, a lot of sluggers in the free agent market. Is it a realistic option or should the Royals be looking elsewhere? I'll tell you next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15 and give us a follow on TikTok and Instagram at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Well, there's been a lot of news involving the Royals in the winter meetings, I think a little bit more than than I anticipated. But I would say, aside from the draft lottery, getting the sixth overall pick in the 2024 MLB draft, a lot of it's been positive because the Royals are being linked to guys that would significantly make their team better. Uh, whether it be a Lucas Giolito, an Eduardo Rodriguez, or a Tyler O'Neill, I think it really upgrades that position or that spot in the rotation for them. And the first name that was linked was Lucas Giolito. And I remember when it was reported, the Royals kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. Uh, And that's coming from a Royals guy. That's coming from somebody that roots for the team. Let's be honest. They had no business being put in that tweet because the Mets are in that tweet and the Dodgers are in that tweet and the Diamondbacks, who are the National League champions, were in that tweet. And then it was the Royals tagged on. I will always say when a team is tagged on like that, there's some merit to it because why would you mention the Royals if they're not seriously in the running? It's the same thing with the Rodriguez sweepstakes where the Royals are mentioned on MLB Network as being one of the teams involved. It does not mean that Kansas City is going to land that player, but there's some smoke there. And I always say where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm sure that J.J. Piccolo in the front office are seriously considering both of these guys. And it's going to come down to what are you willing to pay for a starting pitcher at the age of 30? And if they're asking for three or four years, you got to be the team that goes the extra mile because you have to convince, right? You have to convince Giolito or Rodriguez it makes sense to come here. We feel like we are not far from contention. We want you to be our workhorse for the next two to three years. And who would I bet on? Who would I count on more? Probably Erod over Lucas Giolito. I'm not, not saying that Lucas Giolito is going to, you know, bomb or that he's not going to return to form of what he once was in Chicago. But it was a pretty bad close to the season for him when he went to what was it first? Um, the Angels and then Cleveland. Like it just it didn't go well for him at all. He was good for Chicago, but a Chicago team that was never in it. Like I think it'd be an upgrade. You would have your true number one. But Eduardo Rodriguez showed me last season for Detroit, like, he's the ace. He's the anchor that you'd be looking for. But both of these guys are going to want healthy contracts. They're going to want a three- or four-year deal. And if the Royals are willing to give them that, maybe the other ones are focused on other guys. I mean, that, I do think, is what the Royals have going from why it's a little bit realistic. I mean, if you look at the Mets, 
during the uh, Yamamoto sweepstakes with the Yankees. So he's plan A. Maybe Giolito doesn't want to be considered plan B. Maybe he wants to be somebody's plan A. And I would say for Kansas City, he would be plan A and he would be a number one. Can you say the same about everybody else? I mean, I'm sure that's something they're factoring in. You know, would Eduardo Rodriguez love to pitch for the Dodgers or for the Yankees? Probably. But you're not going there to get ace money. You're not going there to be a number one. If there's any selling point on that, you could be the one to do it. Hey, we can give you number one money to come be our number one. The Mets aren't going to do that. Even the Diamondbacks aren't going to do that. They have Zach Gallen. They have Merrill Kelly. They've got Brandon Fott. I mean, you could pencil in as the two or three, but right now the Royals have no number one. Both of those guys would be a number one in Kansas City. That could be a selling point. And I'm sure that is what J.J. Piccolo and this front office are trying to sell to every free agent. Hey, if you're a bullpen guy and you're debating between coming to Kansas City or you're debating to go to Philly, hey, we can give you high leverage roles. We can give you a two-year deal where they're going to give you a one. Or we can make you our closer where they're going to put you as their sixth inning guy. This has been a, a tale as old as time in Major League Baseball, how small market teams, bad teams get free agents. And, you know, I, I've been commented on this before on Twitter of, you know, nobody wants to come here. Nobody wants to play for the Royals. But I do think there is some benefits there. I mean, truly, when, when you are a pitcher and maybe you maybe Giolito or Eduardo Rodriguez takes a two-year deal. Well, let's say that they just want a two-year deal, test the market again when they're 32. Not likely, but let's just say it for the hypothetical. They want their numbers to look as good as possible. Well, what you get for the Royals is that 81 games a year, you are pitching in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. Kauffman Stadium is as deep as any ballpark in Major League Baseball. On top of that, you have an elite infield. You've got an elite shortstop, elite third baseman, elite second baseman, defensively speaking. So that's going to help you a lot if you're a ground ball pitcher. If you're a fly ball pitcher, all right, let's factor in a couple of moves here. Kyle Isbell, an elite defensive center fielder. Let's say for the hypothetical, the Royals go bring in Tyler O'Neill. They trade for Tyler O'Neill. There are two pieces out there in the outfield that are elite defensively. Now, if I'm a pitcher, no, I'm not signing on to a World Series contender, but I'm getting paid. I'm a number one, and I've got a really good defense behind me in a pitcher's ballpark 81 games a year. That's going to help my numbers. Then maybe I pitch well enough in the first half, I become an all-star representative. These are all things that free agents factor in. Now, I'm not saying that sells every pitcher, because if that was true, the Royals wouldn't have any issue getting free agents. But it just strikes my interest. It piques my interest, I should say, that the Royals have been linked to four or five different players and meaningful ones at that. And they have publicly stated how much they want to add to the payroll. That, to me, is a very important factor. When you put out publicly how much you are willing to spend, that's the bare minimum. Like, if you don't spend $30 million more million to the payroll, the fans will have your head on a spike. Because you've lied to them. We want to spend $30 million. Oh, this wasn't the time to do it. No, you need to get better. And now the way the draft lottery is set... Losing games is not an option. You know, even though I was wrong in saying they can't get a lottery pick, there's no reason you should even plan to get a lottery pick anymore. You shouldn't try to factor in the odds anymore. Because if you lose 150 games, 
I know it's not likely, but if you lose 150 games, second and third place for the worst records would have the same odds as you. I know 150 is not even possible, but you lose that many games, doesn't matter. It doesn't give you 90% odds. Just have a bad record, and you probably won't end up with the number one overall pick. This is a year to kind of show what you are willing to do to make this ball club better. By the time I have a podcast tomorrow, I'm hoping we've got some big-time free agent acquisition to talk about or some big-time trade that had happened. Probably fool's gold, or maybe I'm falling for it, but I'm going to tease it anyway because that will dominate our segments tomorrow, whether they do or do not get some of these players. Well, that is going to do it for another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson, and be sure to give me a follow on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Before we go, one last shout out to Locked On Sports Today, our 24-7 streaming channel with our local experts at Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Until tomorrow, you take it easy, Kansas City.